Here's to health. Here's to health. Here's to health. Hello and welcome to CPOP's monthly podcast. We ask people committed to their communities across Oregon what drives and inspires them in their work. Here's to health. Here we are, episode seven. I can't believe seven months have passed since launching our podcast. When I think about all of the incredible stories we've heard, it blows me away. Then I think about all of the stories out there waiting to be told, and I'm filled with both excitement and wonder. I know it's not possible to interview all of our CPs and everyone who works with them, but we can try. (laughs) I would love for you to hear from an awe-inspiring CP in Grant County, Wendy Reams, but she is currently on her way across the country. I bittersweetly said goodbye to her yesterday, knowing that the next community she's a part of will be so fortunate to have her there. I very much enjoyed hearing about her adventures working for the National Park Service and looking at photos with her from her vacation to Mexico. Instead of her and her husband taking a 20-year anniversary trip to Hawaii like they planned for some time, they traveled with their two children to Mexico to help build the community center. I was so moved by her story and the joy I could see as she relived the experience, saying she got much more from the time there than all of the people she helped. Another sister, Pam Wilson, told me about a trip she and her husband took to Mexico to help build an orphanage. One of the best parts of my work is getting to hear all of your beautiful stories about how you have and continue to help others. I just saw one of my CPs tear up when talking about helping one of her clients with late-stage cancer who lost health coverage in the middle of treatment. Debbie persisted and got her back on. This person was literally fighting for her life. And thanks to Debbie and OHP, she was able to continue that fight. Or Maxine's story about a gentleman who desperately needed mental health treatment and was able to get it because she connected him with health coverage. Or seeing how badly my CPs want members of their community to have the basic things they lack. I ran an exercise in one of my collaboratives, asking people to write down the one thing they would change if they could snap their fingers and have it happen tomorrow. We then proceeded to make paper airplanes out of those sheets of paper, fly them, and read someone else's change out loud. There were definitely some fun ones, like adding a local petting zoo or amusement park, but the vast majority were about eliminating homelessness or everyone having good health. Out of anything they could have chosen, a million dollars in their bank account or a new car or so many other things that would make life better for them, what they wanted was for others to have something they needed. Those are the kind of people that I and you get to work with. And I mean get to work with and learn from and be inspired by 
every single day. Next up, we have quite the treat for you. Thank you for listening and think about sharing your story. We would love to hear it. Nishoba today, and instead of me trying to make the introduction, I'm going to let you go ahead and say however you want to, who are you? Uh, yeah, so my name is Nishoba Temperley, uh, and I'm uh, employed here at Cascade AIDS Project, and I've been a certified assister uh, in the state Medicaid system since uh, 2013. Wow, that's quite, quite a bit of time. Yeah, it has been. I've uh, seen, definitely seen quite a few things and learned a lot of, uh, you know, perspectives along the way. Yeah, I feel like you're, it's definitely an understatement here uh, based on a couple conversations we've had. Um, how did you wind up here? Like, what's your path? Yeah, so it's a really interesting kind of a story. Um, my background is actually in fine arts and I was in graduate school uh, here finishing up a degree in Portland in 2010 and I was studying some cases uh, of police brutality and one thing led to another I was starting to do a lot of street outreach uh, in the community with a lot of uh, folks experiencing homelessness and uh, severe uh, mental health um, challenges and so at that time, you know, between 2010 and 2013, I obviously wasn't a certified assister, so I was just like learning Medicaid and helping folks navigate that on their own. Uh, and one thing led to another, and I uh, took a, a job with NARA, the Native American Rehabilitation Association, as an assister with them in uh, September of 2013. Um, and then I transitioned into a role here at Cascade AIDS Project four years ago in October 2015 um, and kind of transitioned you know here with three different roles now and now I oversee our benefits uh, program that incorporates uh, obviously enrollment into OHP uh, but also into navigation with qualified health plans and we also do a lot of navigation within uh, communities seeking prep uh, or pre-exposure prophylaxis uh, getting uh, and acquiring medications to prevent folks from acquiring HIV so you know it's funny I kind of have a similar not really but a little bit which is I ended up in public health because I took a general ed class in undergrad called Make Art Stop AIDS. And it was trying to turn messaging from being something that was you know, like dry and in a textbook to something that really spoke to people. And it changed my entire trajectory. I ended up going to school for public health after that. Hmm. So it's kind of funny, like we can sort of come from anywhere. Um, that's really cool. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, I think a lot of folks in this world do share a lot of those same attributes and I think 
uh, it's so eclectic and I, I am always encouraged by that and I, you know I love to see uh, you know where folks have come from and I know a lot of the folks that I know in this world are you know all different types of backgrounds so yeah, yeah it's encouraging it's fun it makes it dynamic yeah the extra perspectives that we all bring yeah definitely um, let's see ooh one of my favorite questions that we usually ask is uh, what's something that people wouldn't expect or wouldn't know about you Let's see. A lot of people, you know, know me for my advocacy work um, and things like that. And I've been really involved in a lot of community organizing and things like that. Um, But uh, like I was saying, and kind of alluded to that, uh, a lot of people don't know about my background in fine arts. I actually, you know, studied video and film. Uh, and then got into some time-based arts and actually uh, was employed for a little bit uh, with the time-based arts festival and that's put on by PICA every year Uh, and so that's something I'm really passionate about um, and uh, that that world um, within the performing arts and time arts and I actually taught a class at PNCA in in time-based arts too so yeah would you say is that a source of inspiration in the work that you do now or or what does inspire you yeah i think that definitely was an inspiration i think um at the core of all of my like artistic endeavors like a lot of my art projects have always been socially conscious and i think um you know representing under you know underserved populations and you know, I see that correlation with the two organizations that I've been employed with doing this work within NARA and uh, and with Cascades Project. So, uh, you know, that that path makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. But it, but I think that is it is nice to be able to explain that trajectory and kind of yeah, so show some of that. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Can I jump in? This oh, is oh, surprise so, yes. Yeah, surprises. This is John. Nick Dave, one of the regional outreach coordinators, and I happen to be in the room with you guys, and I'm fascinated uh, about the time-based art stuff, which I, I'm familiar with, but a lot of people probably aren't familiar with it. Can you share what the what that is, so folks who don't know what it is? Because it's pretty innovative and fascinating uh, what PEC is doing there, and I don't know if it still happens or not, but... Yeah, it's still happening. Uh, I originally got into that with some students that I had been teaching at PNCA, the Pacific Northwest College of Art, and I was helping some students of mine just figure out some logistics of a really complex video project that uh, had two individuals that were riding in a car um, and speaking to each other about some really personal kind of subject matter, and then that was live streamed and then projected onto the side of a building um, that was um, the main headquarters for the TBA festival that year. And, so yeah. you were having a live conversation, yeah. and then it's broadcast live on the side of the building? Yeah, and so I was coordinating like just all the technology, because yeah. uh, I have, you know, in my own personal, like, you know, projects and art, like, I've done a lot of work in video and in projection especially within public spaces Uh, and so I've always really been interested in public art Um, ever since I was like a young kid like 
uh, putting up some graffiti and um, and then transitioning that into like the fine art world and and doing things legally. So uh, I was really happy to like kind of show folks um, that you know you can be really innovative and 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 you know you uh, advocate for yourself. Do you still do uh, art stuff? Yeah, I do some. Uh, I definitely do. Right now, I'm working on a project um, with. Uh, one of my friends that flies drones commercially uh, and I'm doing a project about the Vanport flooding uh, and on the golf course Heron Lakes in, in North Portland so um, that's been interesting um, I'm really interested in local histories and uh, I do a lot of work within that and uh, yeah so that it keeps me busy but I, I don't do it as much as anymore and I've done some consultation and stuff like that for some friends that are just like wondering about like large scale and really small scale video projection and, and trying to you know just I think network within that and I see a lot of those correlations within this work too and insurance navigation like it just helps to know people and it just helps to share expertise and um, problem solving and I think yeah it just takes a lot of creativity yeah yeah Definitely. that's very cool and for folks who don't know about Vanport, so you're working on this project, and Vanport was an entire neighborhood that was destroyed uh, in a flood, and I don't remember the exact year that it occurred, but literally displaced thousands. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, levee of the Columbia River uh, breached in, in a flood and uh, displaced a really large population, uh, predominantly black and African American community, to the larger you know, larger Portland area, and um, you know there was a really large uh, shipping and, and uh, boat building, and a, there was schools and community centers and a lot of different really complex neighborhoods. And I was amazed because you know I've always really had a passion for documentary film, and and so I actually got to interview some folks that have lived through that uh, in Portland, and that was a really humbling experience. Yeah. And so I think that's like at the core of. What I really enjoy about the work too is like about sitting down with someone and like really humanizing uh, things that seem so big, mm-hmm. breaking those off into like bite-sized pieces. You know what I mean? Maybe making those things accessible and highlighting personal stories and, yeah. uh, and advocating for them in all different types of ways. Yeah, um, yeah. It's very cool. I would imagine like it's a lot of young people probably are not familiar with. Uh, Vanport, the Vanport flood, and the uh, piece of history that yeah. it is for Portland, uh, in particular, and uh, the devastation it had on our neighborhood. So fascinating from an art perspective. Yeah. So I've been trying to, like, logistically, like, or aesthetically, right? Um, I've been trying to mount a video projection system onto a drone and then project images of the city down onto the golf course. Yeah. And so that's uh, has a lot of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's fun, There's but <laughs> I love that kind of a thing. I love, you know, being creative and um, highlighting some of that. And which inter- what's interesting, like, is that I actually, another, like, thing that, like, a lot of folks don't know about me is, like, I'm an avid golfer. And I've, like, yes. actually played competitively for most of my life. And I know all the owners of the golf course. I would like to ask some golf questions. <laughs> Sorry. So you, I love golf, and I've been playing my entire adult love life. And the way I play today is the exact same way the very first day I started playing. I'm still terrible at it. Um, 
So you, you golf competitively or did golf competitively? Or can you share more about golfing? Yeah, Tonight, sure. I don't know where do you like to golf more? What course is like your go-to course? Yeah, you know, I've been playing golf since I was about seven years old. And my dad's a pretty avid golfer and yeah. got me out there. And it's just one of those things that we really share together and always has been. Um, and so I played all throughout school and uh, entered a lot of tournaments as a young kid yeah. and played all throughout high school and, um, you know, played in a lot of, lot of tournaments. And, um, and so, you know, I've had ebbs and flows throughout my career yeah. and things like that. But I've always really tried to approach that with, you know, uh, just multifaceted. Like, I don't just yeah. play. Yeah. I practice, I study the game, I, yeah. you know, I get taught. I've actually only had one lesson my whole life. I love it. One day. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, but I also have fun with it, too, and it's social, too. But I also, like, spend hours alone on a driving range just, yeah. like, working on stuff. Yeah. So it's it's also really, like, a quiet and meditative and, you know, spiritual thing for yeah. me. I love being outdoors, and I do a lot of things outdoors, hiking and camping and backpacking. So... I see those, you know, connections too. So, you know, I've had some moments when yeah. I played pretty well, and yeah. other moments that I haven't. Cool. You know what I mean? I, there was a mo- there was like a period of time where I was like a scratch golfer, so yeah. uh, like even par and, and shooting in the low seventies. And yeah. so, it takes time. It yes. takes a real dedication. Um, For folks who don't know, that's really good. I've, uh, <laughs> I like to play all over. You know, yeah, you know, like really one of the one of the you know we we're talking about like one of those ways that you know got me into the story of Vanport yeah. was about how much time I've spent on Heron Lakes those yeah. two cor- those two eighteen hole courses there, and you know one thing led into another. There's a placard out there on uh, on the Great Blue Course on like hole eleven yeah. that is talks about this flooding, yeah. and I saw it out there one day and. Yeah, I started studying it, and yeah. then I talked to one of my friends that's lived in Portland a long time because I've only lived here since 2008, yeah. and here 11 years, and um, and so yeah, I, yeah, I play all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Heron Lakes as a place. It's to a good play. course. Yeah, it's a beautiful course. Good people there too. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I've only ever taken one uh, lesson myself, and it's been in Heron Lakes. <laughs> There's a good people there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I enjoy it. I enjoy the game. It all goes back to the relationships and the history. I mean, gosh, mm-hmm. in yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I see so many parallels to to the work you do as well in uh, here, in addition to that work outside. Um, and frankly, what we're trying to do with this podcast, because it's those unexpected human stories that are so compelling. Um, and it's easy to forget that when you hear things like we have twelve thousand, like twelve hundred assisters, or we have people all over. Uh, is that everyone is a human with an amazing story to tell in their own set mm-hmm. of experiences and relationships? Yeah. And um, gosh, thank you so much for sharing your own. Yeah, you're welcome. You know, I I totally agree with that. You know, I've done hundreds and hundreds of OHP applications with folks, and there's just a handful of personal scenarios and, and stories that always stick with me. Yeah. Those are really powerful. It's important to remember those and that's what drives me. So yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Have an idea for the podcast? 
want to share your story, reach out to us at community.outreach at state.or.us.